Hi, you're listening to You're Like Really Pretty, a podcast for the girlies and the gays that love pop culture, reality TV, and the occasional juicy political scandal. I'm your host, Kayla. Oh my god, hi everybody. How are you doing today? I'm feeling amazing. So far, I've had like a really productive week. I am definitely in my little season of I I don't want my job anymore. I don't want to be saving people's lives. That's what my husband always says I do. And I'm like, no, I, I just work at an inbound call center and helping people with car issues. But he always jokes that I'm saving people's lives. And he'll like tell people that. And I'm like, those people are going to think like I'm a nurse or a doctor, not you know, working 20 hours at an inbound call center. But he's just a big cheerleader of mine and he's cute like that. Why can't I just like be a stay-at-home wife and be satisfied with that? My husband always tells me I could do that. But the times where like we've been PCSing or something and, you know, I have to quit my job because like that's upcoming. And normally what I'll do is I'll like, oh, I'll take a little break, you know, and then get ready for the move and take a little break and move us all in. And then I just get depressed. So I I have to keep working. Um, good news is that my husband got his orders and we're staying here in Washington. Thank you, Jesus, because I really don't want to move again. And I don't want to leave my family. And I, I cannot, I can't handle... A southern summer ever again in my life. I can't do it. I sweat so much. And I just, my appreciation, I've always loved Washington. Always loved the PNW. I love the doom and gloom. But the the appreciation that I got when we came back from the southeast, I was like, oh my God, never again. I can't do it. I can't do it. The humidity, oh, the bugs. That there, do you know what a cicada is? Because it's those are like little double bugs, they're terrifying. I can't believe that we exist with those things. Those they're they're from Satan himself. And one of the years that we were there, it was like the year that I guess the cicadas go into the ground. I mean, they're there every summer, but like. A whole bunch of them go into the ground and like hang out for X amount of years. I feel like it's like 11 years. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then they like all hatch. And then there's just thousands of cicadas. Millions of cicadas. And they're just so creepy. I, oh. So I can't leave. I don't want to leave. But there is something, speaking of bugs, there is something I noticed that I never noticed like growing up. I noticed it last summer here in Washington. Why are there so many stink bugs? I'd never seen a stink bug in my life until last summer. And then I start seeing articles like people are like, why is there so many stink bugs? When did that happen? When did the stink bug situation happen? I, and there's so, those are also creepy, not as creepy as the cicada, but they're, they're kind of creepy looking. Um, but why? Why can't we just like not have that? Okay. Aren't we suffering enough with the fires every year? 
isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? The fires, the threat of Mount Rainier erupting, the threat of the big earthquake happening. You got to throw stink bugs on us. That's just like cruel. That's cruel and mean. Enough about the bugs. So I'm I'm stuck in my house because my oldest Arai, who is everything to me. He's my 14-year-old Border Collie Chihuahua mix. He loves boys more. Um, He's not about the girlies. Like, he'll say hi, but he just loves boys, and it's very cute. Anyway, he um, hurt his paw running out of the bedroom earlier this week, and I think he's faking a little bit. Like, I think he did really hurt it, but I've been trying to keep him off of it and carrying him to and from the bathroom, putting him up on the bed so he doesn't have to jump, putting him on the couch, like bringing his full food bowl over to him. I'm pretty sure that he's like, oh, if I because he'll start walking like he'll limping a little bit, but then he'll go back to only walking on three paws. I'm like, okay, okay, you're getting better. So I let him walk a little bit and then back to limping on three paws. So I'm pretty sure he's figured out that I'm going to baby him if he keeps up this three paw act. So I haven't done anything. I've not left the house the entire week. Um, And my husband's working nights. So this is what I imagine having a newborn's like, like you just you're stuck in the house. I, I'm not comparing taking care of my pup with his paw to having a newborn. It's a joke. Ha ha. Laugh. Funny. LOL. Hence why I'm talking so much about the cicadas, the stink bugs, because I've done nothing all week. But I do have an Amazon package coming with a really cute rug that I am looking forward to. I guess that's a perfect segue to start talking about this week's hot topics. Who do I think I am? Wendy Williams. Don't you miss her? I miss her so much. My favorite part, like my, my, you know, everybody has the heartbreak that just devastates them. My, my heartbreak was the beginning of 2014. And let me tell you, Wendy Williams, Wendy Wendy, Wendy. She is who got me through that heartbreak because I had to move back in with my family, you know, right before my parents divorced. <laughs> oh my God. But that is also the year I met my husband. Anyway, uh, I had to move back in with my family because I <laughs> was fired from my job right after my boyfriend broke my heart. And I how to get a little cute job at Starbucks. I worked crazy hours. So a lot of the time I was like home in the morning. And so at 10 a.m. on Q13, I was, I became a devoted Wendy watcher and she got me through it. She, I was able to smile for that hour that she was gracing my TV. So since Wendy is no more on my television I guess I have to deliver the hot topics now. Um, So I am going to start with something that will rock your world. You will not be able to handle it. Because when I came across this little item of information, I had to throw my phone across the room. Haley Mathers, you know who Haley is. 
I think my daddy's gone crazy. Eminem, Marshall Mathers, Slim Shady's daughter is engaged. Yes, you heard that correctly. She's engaged to some dude named Evan McClintock that she's been with for a while. Uh, What? Haley is engaged? When did that happen and why did that happen? I know when it happened this week. But why? Isn't she isn't she going to be a child bride if she gets married? That's a child bride, right? Wrong. Because I just paused it and Googled how old she is. She's two years younger than me. She's 27. Why did I think she was 22? What? She's 27? Huh? Where has time gone? What is happening? I'm... I guess this show is just going to be last week. It was me learning that Ben Affleck was not born in the state of Massachusetts. And I guess this week is going to be me learning that I'm only two years older than Haley Mathers. So I knew that you guys all listened to my episode and you were like, you're psychic because, okay, I recorded that episode before the Grammys and I know you guys all saw Ben Affleck at the Grammys and when those shady cameramen that's another call back to Wendy if you watched Wendy she would always say shady cameramen those shady cameramen zoomed up on them without their knowledge and uh, again the TikTok lip readers were trying to decipher I don't I never I didn't see any that were that convincing because one person said that it was definitely him saying something about like I didn't have a drink or only one drink. And then there was another one that said like he said something funny and she the reason she like tapped his chest is she was like, stop, don't don't say something like that or something. The camera's on. So I didn't see anything that was really um, convincing that he said or didn't say anything to do with drinking. I don't know. But he does have a face. And I sent this to my friend Tay because we were talking about it. And I sent her my favorite pictures of Ben Affleck and existential dread. Him smoking the cigarette. Him closing his eyes looking like he doesn't, he can't go on anymore smoking a cigarette outside. Him getting all his Amazon packages in his Dunkin' Donuts and it's spilling And one of my personal favorites is from when he was doing the pap walks um, and early on in the pandemic. And he has a mask over his nose. (laughs) And the mask is over his nose and he's smoking a cigarette. Just take the mask off. I still see people who are not um, rideshare people. Okay. I still see people driving around in their car with their windows up and a mask on. They're not picking anybody up. Nobody's in the car with them. Why are we are three years into this? You still haven't figured it out that it's, that's confusing and concerning. And I, I'm listen, wear your mask still. You're not going to get shame out of me wearing your mask at Safeway. I do it, but why are you, I'm going to shame you about wearing your mask inside the car when nobody else is in the car. Why are you doing that? 
you need to get a grip with it. You need to get a grip on reality and stop doing that. And if you're somebody who's doing that, I'll be praying for you. So the Grammys are just, they are permanently on my shit list. And for one reason and one reason only. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to be talking about. Yeah, Beyonce was snubbed for album of the year. I didn't watch the Grammys. I was just following along on social media, on Twitter. And then I saw that she won um, three Grammys, I think it was. And so she has a total of 34. She's the most awarded artist in Grammy history, which is just, that is really incredible. And that is something to be celebrated. A black woman, you know, she is the most awarded and she got those awards from an album that is so queer and so black and queer. And I loved her acceptance speech of saying thank you to Uncle Johnny and saying thank you to queer people for inventing the drop. The, oh my God, the genre. Why are words so hard for me? So I thought that was beautiful. And then I'm minding my business, doing my thing, get back on little tweet tweet app and what do I see Harry fucking Styles one album of the year that isn't that that much like the cicadas much like the cicadas that is a act against humanity do I like Harry Styles music yes I do he's fun okay he is fun I love that watermelon sugar and that other one that I think it's called the light or something I don't know I do like his music and I do think that he is something that's exciting in the sense that he is very much a Gen Z artist and you know for a lot of Gen Z kids what's really important to them is visibility and I think he does a phenomenal job of you know talking about things in a very PR way that uh, 10 years ago people weren't talking about without being shunned by the media you know him going on his tours and waving trans flags on the stage that kind of stuff does matter despite what people want to say like that's just the bare minimum of activism like okay well there's a lot of other people who aren't doing anything so I gotta make sure I give credit where credit's due I say all that to say he did not deserve to win album of the year. Okay. He just didn't. And for him to get on that stage and say, things like this don't happen to people like me. People like to white men. You're telling me that white men don't get album of the year. Beyonce was beat by, another white man beck what are you talking about (sighs) i can't be bothered with him anymore i i can't i'm just so upset and it's not him it's the grammys okay it's just a popularity contest but it's supposed to be about awarding excellence and in music and like is harry styles excellence I don't know still have not been able to secure 
uh, tickets to the Renaissance concert. Um, I don't think they open up for like another five days. So please continue to keep me in your prayers when it comes to that. Because I'm seeing it open up for a lot of other people in different cities. And I'm seeing the prices that they're paying. And uh, again, I have student loans now. Um, I don't know how I'm going to fare getting tickets. I I saw one person paid $3,000 for one ticket. I, I'm not paying $3,000 for one ticket. Okay, Beyonce, I am a soldier for you. But... I have bills to pay, a credit score to maintain, and I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that's bad. Bad, 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 bad. Beehive, I know, but I can't do it. Um, Another thing, where's Euphoria season three? Okay, what, what's going on? I, I saw this week that uh, Cherry, or what's her name? The girl that played the big lips... Um, she got arrested for stealing a $28 blouse in her Winona era. Uh, she, yeah, a $28 blouse. But where is season three of Euphoria? Why do we have to wait? Why? I don't want to wait anymore. Wasn't it, 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 the second season came out this time last year. Are you going to make us wait year after year? Like, is it going to have to be every other year? Ugh. I want to see season three. Where is it? And then um, I saw something very unfortunate. Uh, and it has to do with another unbearable white man. And this white man used to not be unbearable for me. Leonardo DiCaprio. I had I went on my Instagram, my personal one. And was going through all my archive photos. And in 2013, I had so many pictures of him because I just thought he was the most gorgeous thing in the world. Wolf of Wall Street, like that did something to me. Um, But yeah, Leo, who's 48 years old. 48. He's 48 years old. Was photographed with a 19-year-old Eden Polani. Side note on Eden in this picture. He looks like an old, you know, Spongebob when he has the suds. When I see a, like an, a man with a predator, okay, that's, we're going to call it what it is. When I see a man who is preying on like a little teenager, they, I can't help but feel like they look like Spongebob when he has suds. Like he looks like he has suds. But Miss Eden, oh. I wish I could just talk to you and say, don't, don't do it. But her highlight, it's popping. I don't think my height, I don't think my highlight has ever looked that good. Ever. It's immediately when I saw the picture, it was like, oh, let me zoom on that highlight because it is popping and it looks beautiful. Leo, can you go talk to Keanu about dating people who are age appropriate like, stop. It's disgusting. You're 48. She is 19. What do you even have to talk about? 
I'm 29 and I don't even feel like I could like have a conversation with a 48 year old and really relate to them on anything. Or on the opposite end, I, I could never have a conversation with it with like my nephew who's 17. I'm like talking to him and it's just like, oh, your brain's not fully developed. I love you, bud, but you got a couple years before everything is like settled and he's still like a child. Like, oh my God, that is disgusting. I need him to get help. And I also need him to look in the mirror and get a grip because it's not cute. It's gross. And like, fine, you don't want to get married. I don't care. You don't need to get married. You don't need to settle down, but you certainly need to not date teenagers. Ugh, gross, disgusting. Austin Butler, we're done with the accent. We can't. No more, no mas. It cannot continue to happen. You are assaulting society with that Elvis accent. Elvis is also somebody who is disgusting. And I watched the movie because my mom really liked it. The movie was good. Um, You know, I do love me some Tom Hanks. He is, uh, you know how like Julia Roberts is like America's sweetheart. Like he's like America's gentleman. I I do love Tom Hanks. That role hated it. But I did read that the movie originally was supposed to focus on Tom Hanks character and Elvis was kind of like a side thing, but they they changed it to be more about Elvis. But that's why like Tom Hanks character is just like so prevalent in it. But Austin Butler needs to stop talking about his stupid Elvis accent. Who in his PR team is like thinking that this is a good idea to keep pushing? And I also have a, a, a big opinion when it comes to method acting. I can't remember the actor that said it, and I wish I could credit them. But they were like talking about method acting, and they're like, do you ever hear about women who are method actors? <laughs> no, you don't. Because it's play pretend, okay? It's play pretend. And... While I think that not everybody can act and it's an incredible craft, people who are like Daniel Day-Lewis who just get so into it and fucking Austin Butler and the Elvis accent, I'm just like, I. you can still be a great actor and not be an asshole. Jared Leto is another one of them because why was he terrorizing everybody when he was playing the Joker? And he did an awful job playing the Joker. God, that movie. Oh, Austin Butler, please stop with the accent. I'm begging you on behalf of America. We don't care anymore. We don't buy it. You need to seek help. Thank you. But Elvis was also a predator. And the movie did not focus nearly enough on the fact that Priscilla was 14. Okay, I need to be positive because I've done a lot of <laughs> I've done a lot of complaining um, on uh, <laughs> this little hot topic session. So a positive note um, with a slightly negative undertone. Is it negative or is it effective? The Drag Race fandom has successfully bullied MTV into bringing back 90 minute episodes. So thank you, Jesus. Because that 
that show Real Friends of WeHo with Todrick. I won't. I said I, I didn't want to be negative anymore, so I won't talk about Todrick. But collectivism and activism using social media for good because we got 90 minute episodes back because you're barely seeing any of the queens and somebody had to do something and they they were really successful at uh at accomplishing that so we got 90 minute episodes back and that means that the gays won Alrighty, let's get to clucking about today's topic the one the only Black China, a.k.a. The Blueprint for all IG baddies. And if you'd like to argue with me about her being the blueprint, the prototype, slide into the DMs. I'd love to argue about it because I did the research. This girl's that girl. She's been that girl. She'll continue to be that girl. Black China was born Angela Renee White on May 11th, 1988. That would make her a Taurus. Remember how I said that I wasn't an astrology hoe? I was lying. I am. Because I immediately look at everybody's sun sign. Like, if I'm thinking about them, I'm going to their birthday first. And then I'll read about the early life on Wikipedia. So, China was born in D.C. Her mother, who is, I want to say my favorite character, but she's a really another not so great person um but what i like about her is that she is camp okay tokyo tony <laughs> her government name is shalana hunter but i will be calling her tokyo tony just like i'll be calling black china china um <laughs> her father <laughs> tokyo tony that name what <laughs> Do you remember where you were when you first learned about Tokyo Tony? Oh, my God. Um, so China's father's name is Eric Holland. And when I was Googling to learn, because all I remember about Mr. Holland was when on Robin China, the e-show, that China, Rob, Tokyo Tony, and China's dad, Mr. Holland, they all went to the strip club together. That's all I knew about Eric Holland. So when I was Googling, I came across an article that read that he's a career criminal with over 30 offenses that include battery theft and assault. Um, he's basically been in and out of China's life since she was born. And through him, she China has two brothers and nine sisters. Uh, but she's Miss Tokyo Tony's only child. I also found out that Tony served in the army. <laughs> Could you imagine serving in the army with Tokyo Tony? I would be gooped and gagged. I would not even know how to handle myself having to be in a serious situation with her because she is, like I said, she is camp. She is camp, okay? Uh, the thing with Miss Tokyo, Tony, is that she's extremely competitive with China. And I get the impression when I have I watched their little um, show 
that they had on the 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 Zeus network. Don't ask me what Zeus is. Okay, it's like Quibi. It was here, then it was gone. But there's a really famous clip from that show. Um, so if you're chronically online, you know what clip I'm talking about, where Tokyo is getting in China's face and going off. And it's used as like a funny meme, but when you watch the clip in its entirety, it's very disturbing that this woman is talking to her child like that. And I I can't imagine my mom ever talking to me like that. So you watch these clips, you watch how they interact, you see what she says about China online, and you realize very quickly that she's very competitive with her daughter. And I think that competitiveness started when China got any kind of male attention. And China probably got male attention way too young that, that, you know, as somebody who also developed early, um, it, I imagine China did too. And little black girls, they, they don't get to be little black girls for long. They very much get told that they're fast and way too early when they're still children, but their bodies are developing and it's disgusting. So I imagine that Tony got very, very competitive and jealous that China started to become a woman. And um, in this clip, she's calling her all kinds of names. She's threatening her. She's just basically ridiculing her. And it's just disturbing to watch. Uh but it, it really does give a glimpse into their dynamic because I think that a lot of people would watch it and maybe not. Maybe there are some people who, maybe there's few people who would, I guess you could say, side with Miss Tokyo Tony um, because China's like blue vape smoke, which... Vapes are the new crack pipe. Put it down. Stop vaping. Remember that guy I told you about on last week's episode that said that he hated women? He also tried to convince me that vaping doesn't cause popcorn lung. I I remember listening to a very informative podcast on Today Explained. When my husband and I were driving in New England in fall of 2019 that talked all about vapes and popcorn lung. But I didn't feel like arguing with him. Maybe I'll send him a link. And it's really uncomfortable to watch. I watched it like two times and I was just like, I don't want to watch this again. It's just it's it's too much. It's too much and too sad. And the thing with people like China that have this background and I I grew up with kids like this that had a father who wasn't there or a parent that wasn't there and another parent that wasn't exactly supportive or nurturing and if I was to look at the glass half full I would say that those kids grow up to be hustlers 
And I don't use the word hustler as a pejorative. It, I am from a family of hustlers. My mom has endured a life of surviving. And she'll always find a way because she's a hustler. She knows how to stretch a dollar. She knows how to figure it out. My dad, he can finagle his way into anything, especially a gig making money. My brother very much has that in him too. Me, not so much. Nope, I did not get that gene. I do not have an entrepreneurial bone in my body whatsoever. But China, she is a hustler through and through. Um, And I know her upbringing definitely influenced that. But her family, you know, that's the glass half full. The glass half empty is that I don't think China ever had any kind of solid support system. Her family dynamics are incredibly toxic. And because of that, she's had to rely on herself solely. Like she doesn't have somebody to fall back on. And I know that even with all my crazy fucked up family dynamics, I did have a place to go back home to when I needed it. And I have my brother who will always be there for me, no matter what. Um, And China doesn't have that. China has her and her alone. And I think that she's done a damn well, good, phenomenal, amazing, incredible job of taking care of herself and making money and doing what she has to do. So after high school, China went down to Miami Uh, When she was 19, she enrolled at Johnson and Wales University and to pay for college, she started stripping. Uh, She originally worked at a club called Old Diamonds or something like that. And then she moved on to a pretty popular club that if you are a fan of rap music, you certainly know called King of Diamonds. Rest in peace because it shut down in 2018, which is like, what? How? Anyway, but uh, King of Diamonds is referenced in so many rap songs. My personal favorite is by Sir Juicy J. Um, His song, Bands Will Make Her Dance. At the KOD, She Leaves With Me. Yeah. Um, But arguably the most famous uh, is Drake's 2010 Miss Me, where he says, and I quote, call up King of Diamonds and tell China it'd be worth the flight. Yeah, we're talking about black China. Um, There's an interview that I found in 2011 where she talks about how Drake's shout out changed her life. And she used that clout. You know, she was already making herself, uh, herself a name at King of Diamonds, and that just shot her up. And she used the clout that she got from that to start building herself a brand. And that's that's like my favorite thing about her is that 
she really takes every opportunity that's presented to her to keep building upon. And that's a skill that I, I don't know if that can be taught. I think that's something that's innate. Um, there, there was also something I learned that I didn't know is so she 2010 miss me soundtrack of my senior year of high school. If I were to make one miss me is on there. Uh, but she also was the body double for Nicki Minaj on the monster song. And Nicki Minaj is one of those people that people have big feelings about. Um, her barbs scare me. And people have a lot of opinions about her. And I have a lot of opinions about her because I have a lot of opinions about everything. But Nikki is the greatest to ever do it. And I don't say that as the greatest female rapper. I say that as the greatest rapper. I do believe, I know that Jay-Z just got named the greatest rapper. Um, No, it's Nicki Minaj. And that monster verse that the 20 years from now at lib art schools there's going to be a class talking about Nicki Minaj if there's not already one and about her career and there's going to be a professor who's going to be very passionate about Nicki Minaj's verse in monster maybe I will be that professor because I am very passionate about Nicki Minaj's verse in Monster. And one of the things that really gets me is when Adele is on that godforsaken show with James Corden, Carpool Karaoke. He is, Britain, take him back. But I do love some of those episodes of Carpool Karaoke. And when Adele is rapping that verse, love it. Anyway, so uh, she's, She's um, in a lot of music videos being like the body double for Nicki Minaj. And uh, the first time I can find China being talked about in the blogs is like 2011, which they call these blogs urban blogs, which is really just code for black. And I don't like well, white urban any hoosers the first time I can see her referenced is on April 4th 2011 and it's where she's calling out another rapper she's actually calling out Rick Ross for saying that he spent a million dollars at King of Diamonds and it's her quote is kind of funny she says who the fuck Rick Ross threw a million dollars at if Ross threw a million dollars, guess where I'd be? Not here. <laughs> um, I think that's so funny. So later that year, uh, in October 2011, is when she meets Tyga. Uh, they met at an after party for truly the worst person alive, Chris Brown, um, who I will be doing an entire episode that I will need to book a therapy session afterwards about his crimes because he's an awful man that, that, you know, what? I'm going to start a series called where's the reckoning with this person with awful men. Um, his reckoning I hope is coming soon. Anyway, that's where they met. 
So they met at this after party and then um, he sees her and he's like, damn, ma. And in November of 2011, he asked her to star in his music video um, for Rack City, Rack, Rack, Rack City. And he also posted a picture on November 9th, 2011 on Instagram. Instagram will be making a big appearance in this episode. Um, and China has said that like that was like their anniversary. So he asked her to be his girlfriend on the set of the Rack City music video. That is just so cute. That era of music really holds a special spot in my heart. Um, I when I was 19, I worked at a what I would call hell. It was an inbound call center called Xerox. And it was hell. Uh, it was the kind of place that sucked your soul out of you. Um, and your will to live was diminished hourly. But it was my first adult job. And I met a lot of really amazing, incredible people there. Um, my two closest friends were one guy named Charles who genuinely is the funniest human being I've ever met. He's the kind of person that like him blinking will send you into a laughing fit because somehow his blink is hilarious. Uh, I had so many like belly laughs with him that have filled my soul. And I, he's just, he's so so funny his imitations of people he would do an imitation of me and like I'm I gotta be honest I'm a sensitive Sally um my feelers get hurt easily and so when people are like you know poking fun at me I definitely take it as mocking and I get all sensitive I'm working on it okay but I never did with Charles because it was so it was so funny. Um, so he was one of my besties. And then another one of my besties was this cat named Donovan, who Donovan was the, like, one of the coolest people I've ever met. Um, I felt uncool around him. Uh, he was very much, like, too cool for school. And we all worked at this call center in this department training people together. That's how I met them. And Donovan would wear, like, a suit to work. Like, we had to dress, like, business casual. But, like, Donovan would, like, wear, like, a suit and always smelt good and always had, like, his hair cut and drove an interesting car. He he was the one – he was from Atlanta, and he – was the one that really introduced me to this era of rap music because my taste in rap was whatever my brother thought was cool. So I was still very much like bumping the chronic, which is still very cool and it will never not be cool. Um, Dr. Dre also needs a reckoning, but I really love his music. I feel conflicted. How do you separate the art from the artist? I don't know. That's a question that I will continue to ask myself for the rest of my days. 
However, Donovan was always listening to Tyga, to Wale, to Kendrick, 2 Chains, YG, all that kind of ish. And so naturally, I was like, I want to be cool. So I started listening to that stuff on Pandora. Um, And Donovan's influence is actually how I knew of Black China before she was even on the Kardashians, which I think is where vast majority of people know Black China from. They're posting all over Instagram. And so people catch on that, you know, Tyga's with somebody and it's China. Um, But I couldn't really find like the blogs talking about it until early 2012. And I followed China sometime in 2012. Um, And like her and Tyga, they were the prototype for rapper, boyfriend, hot IG model girlfriend. And that is such a specific stereotype now of like these rappers having hot IG model girlfriends. And they were the first to do it. And they were all over Instagram and Twitter. Um, You know, this is 2012, so we're still doing the toaster filter. Do you remember that filter? It's like super blown out. Um, And she, for me, during this time, like I thought she was posting the dopest pictures. I thought they were cool as hell. And I was very much like this girl's beautiful and I want to be her and Tyga's you know Tyga did I like that album yeah it was fun but Tyga's Tyga so she is getting a lot more opportunities you know she gets the cloud of being a rapper and he's like a pretty pop and rapper at this time like we don't make we weren't making fun of him yet in 2012. And so she's getting like a lot of opportunities with magazines, with modeling. I know everybody's like, she's the stripper who came up, but like, yeah, she danced, but she also was a very successful model, like very in, in terms of like the video vixen type thing. Um, so I, she was on the cover of, this um like tattoo magazine January 2012 and then she was featured in the issue the April 2012 issue of um XXL magazine which is like a pretty well-known black um magazine and the shoot is so dreamy and gorgeous she is stunning in it it's like her wrapped up in um like a sheet and just very like bedroom eyes dreamy it's it's beautiful I, that that shoot is gorgeous and she actually explains in that shoot where she got the name black china which was from a customer when she worked at king of diamonds um and then in july 2012 there are sneaky pictures of her and taiga that start popping up on the blogs and jasminebrand.com was the, I believe, the first to post it. And it's pictures of China, clearly pregnant, 
um, with Tyga and his entourage at Six Flags in Texas. And she's talked about how her pregnancy, um, because she had to hide it, was really kind of sad and distressing for her because she she had to hide it. And it was her first child and she didn't really get to, you know, be celebratory with that. Um, and in 2012, she continues to be mentioned in rap songs. Apparently, Nikki forgot that she had worked with China and on uh, Two Chains. I love Two Chains, by the way. Nikki on I Love Them Strippers says, Tell Tyga I'm looking for this bitch Black China, which I guess. Tyga came out and said that, like, Nikki, like, hit him up and was like, I'm going to release this. But that seems pretty loaded to me. I don't know. And then um, October 16th, 2012 is when Tyga and China welcome their son, King Cairo. There are reports then around that time that they're engaged. Tyga tweeted out, I'm not engaged. I'm 22, rich, and having the time of my life which is what a 22-year-old would tweet out. And then uh, they did eventually get engaged on December 11th, 2012. Um, They got engaged, and China confirmed it on IG by posting. They end 2012 basking in their love of their baby. And 2013 is a big year professionally for China and for Taiga. So she starts making the money moves in 2013 she um starts an online boutique which is very much something that's big in e-commerce and she was doing this 10 years ago uh and it's called 88 fen and i followed it because duh and then she also started selling um false eyelashes falsies fake eyelashes whatever you want to call them uh and it was called lash by china which i also followed and remembered did i ever buy anything from there no because i was scared of buying stuff over the internet because my dad the cheap one always told me people are going to steal your identity so i was scared to buy stuff on the internet um but i followed all of it and uh also during 2013 is when a bunch of rappers are coming out and saying they've been with china and Gucci Mane claimed to have a threesome with her and Waka Flocka. Waka Flocka. Remember him? Um, and China, Tyga, and Waka Flocka all deny this. Gucci later checked into a rehab and said he made it all up. Which I didn't know Gucci went to rehab. So that was interesting to learn. Um, and 2013, China spends a lot of it building up her business, going and doing a whole bunch of nightclub hosting. Um, She's photographed everywhere. And if she's not, you know, working her hiney off, she's with Tyga on tour. And he does a lot of shows overseas. Go back a little bit. In early October 2012, right before King is born, Tyga and China moved to Calabasas. If you're listening to a pop culture podcast, I'm sure you know why Calabasas is of such importance. 
So pop quiz. Why is Calabasas of such importance to pop culture? I'll give you two seconds. If you didn't immediately say the Kardashians, then um, you get an F. So sorry. But they moved there in October 2012. And at some point in 2013, there's conflicting reports one thing I found was that Kim posted a picture where there was an old picture of or old poster of China and a new poster of Kim and Kim posted on Instagram. And then another thing I saw was that Tyga introduced them in June of 2013 to each other. So I don't know which one's true. Maybe both of them are wrong. But at some point in 2013 is when they meet. On September 20th, 2013, China and Taiga are spotted on a double date with Kim and Kanye. And this is really where it gets taken to another level. Um, is when they start hanging out with the Kardashians. And this is, this is a point in Kim Kardashian's career where she's doing a major pivot. So she'd already secured Kanye. And in 2013, Kanye wasn't the Kanye of today. Uh, he was still very much the GOAT. Um, and I would argue that if we were to forget everything after Jesus, we would still be calling him the GOAT. But uh, a lot of people still call him the GOAT, too. I don't know. That's for you to s- decide. But in 2013... The biggest scandals I think of Kanye were him interrupting Taylor Swift um, because Beyonce was snubbed. (laughs) Beyonce, girl, you infiltrate everything. But when he interrupted Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and then when he was sitting next to um, Mike Myers, And he said George W. Bush hated black people. W. later said that that was the, (laughs) I can't even say this. He later said that that was the hardest day in his presidency. I'm sorry. I'm taking it to a place of 9-11 again. How was 9-11 not the hardest day of your presidency? I cannot with that man. I cannot. I momentarily, momentarily was, was confused. Um, but I was amused by his clear affection for Michelle Obama because he would risk it all for Michelle Obama. Google those pictures. Like it's funny. Um, but he's a war criminal. Okay. That man is a war criminal. Him and Dick Cheney, they need to be locked up ASAP, ASAP Rocky. You need to watch Vice if you have not uh, with a method actor, Christian Bale. But Vice, it's an incredible movie and it will get you angry and you'll be like, why isn't Dick Cheney in Guantanamo Bay even though we closed it? Why isn't he there? Because um, he's an awful human being and so is George W. Bush. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I think that Kim, she wanted to appeal, you know, she got her rapper man now. She dumped Chris Humphreys and she's like, I got to pivot. I got this rapper boyfriend. 
So I need to appeal to a certain demographic. And you know what I mean by certain demographic. I mean black folks. Um, We already know the Kardashians are the culture vultures doing the most with the vulturing. And China and Taiga, they were a really popular couple in young Hollywood. And they were very popular amongst black Hollywood, black, the black community in general. Like it, it was, they were very much it. And um, I think Kim wanted somebody who looks like China around her in her entourage. It gave her cred. So Kim is at King's first birthday in October 2013. And King and North, they're only like eight months apart. So I'm sure that China and Kim very much bonded over their babies being so close in age. And like them being first time mothers and all that good stuff. Uh Tyga and China then go to Kim's birthday party at Tao, which can we give it up for Tao? I remember when I was younger, I was like, one day I'm in a party at Tao. 29 years old, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think I'm ever going to party at Tao. But um, they were at at Kim's birthday. And then uh, Tyga and China are going constantly on double dates um, with Kim and Kanye, and then also with Courtney and Scott. Could you imagine Scott trying to talk to Tyga? I bet he was like, hey, Tiger. <laughs> oh my God, I cracked myself up. In November of 2013, there's also a picture uh, that Kylie posted on Instagram. Um, and then there was pictures in the blogs of Kylie and China going to get their nails done. So China and Taiga are very much part of the inner circle of the Kardashian clan. They are going to go see Anchorman 2 with them on double dates. They are going on, you know, group family trips to Disney with the kids they're taking private jets to Vegas together. Like, their China was very much a family friend. Um, so China is photographed with Kim all throughout December 2013 and January tw- 2014. Kim posted a picture with China where they're both in workout clothes, and this went. Um, this was talked about a lot. This picture, and uh, they're like in workout clothes posing in front of a mirror and I think Kim had motives for this because China has a fat booty and so I think Kimmy was trying to be slick and she's like hmm you think my booty's fake check again but the thing is Kimberly we have access to the pictures and the archives of pre-2008 we as cardi would say the thighs don't match okay so it didn't work i mean it, it didn't sorry um and then 
it wouldn't be a story about LA if it wasn't uh, having Barry's boot camp mention. Kim and Black, they're photographed at Barry's boot camp. And then in May of 2014, Tyga and China fly to Italy for Kim Ye's wedding. Um, and they went on another double date with Courtney and Scott to the Eiffel Tower. I, what, what does that group talk about? It's a lot of Tyga going, that's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. I know. I can just like imagine it. Wow. That's wild, man. I digress. So I need to do a little mini tangent about the Kim and Kanye wedding in 2014. Because I was still very much keeping up with the Kardashians at this point. And Kim... Her original ring, so beautiful. Her makeup, I'm always going to kick myself that I didn't buy when she still had KKW Beauty. Which one is that coming back? But she released like her make like a makeup collab with Mario of like all the makeup she wore for her wedding. I should have bought it, and I'm so annoyed I didn't. But it was a lot of money. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars for the set, which. I can't justify spending that much money on makeup, even though I definitely have that much money in makeup. But on one thing, I can't justify it. Her her makeup was beautiful. The, the entire wedding was stunning. The pictures, like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. And I'm jealous of every single person that got to be at that wedding. Lana Del Rey singing, you know, it's still very like, early Lana and she's singing at the wedding barefoot um and that picture that Kim posted where she has the veil over her face and it's kind of like blowing in the wind and Kanye's and North are kind of like in the background and he's holding North oh my god that picture is just Kim really you know with her non- thigh matching self she really she is the pinnacle of pop culture I'm sorry she just is okay I'm just spitting facts I'm sorry that's the truth during this time Tyga tweets out that Kanye will be EPing his gold album which when you google Tyga's gold album it doesn't show Kanye as a producer so I don't know but This is a good indication of how smart Tyga is. Um, There's an interview on a podcast with a gentleman named Bootleg Kev. Uh, He's interviewing um, Tyga's former right-hand man, uh, T-Rell. And T-Rell says that Tyga relentlessly pursued China. That she initially was like, okay, like she wasn't really like vibing with what he was selling. And T-Rell tells the story of them flying out to Miami for the sole purpose of basically showing China that Tyke is serious. He brings a stack of like $501 bills, asks the club to have her come out to the bus that they're on. 
Um, she goes, she talks with him, and then they leave. And basically, you know, he's spitting game at her, I guess you could say. And then she came out shortly after then to do the Rack City music video. Um, and he had asked her to quit working at King of Diamonds. And she's like, no, I'm not going to quit working at King of Diamonds. And so he, you know, he really like pursued her. And what ended up happening was they spent like three weeks together um, consecutively. And she kind of like fell for him then. And T-Rell makes it very clear that like Tyga used China because she was like, she was the stripper. And he's like, I need, I like, she's going to elevate me. And he used China. It wasn't a lot of people like to say it was the other way around. But listen, I'm going to believe somebody who was in Tyga's inner circle. And um, yeah, he very much says that China is the one that elevated him, not the other way around. And I'm certain that Tyga's inspiration for this was Kanye because Kanye had Amber Rose. You know, this was before Instagram, though. But he had Amber Rose and we went apeshit for Amber Rose. Like, she was, I, I wanted, I was like, who is this girl? And like, she didn't talk and her head was shaved. Yeah. China and her pierced cheeks, like, yeah, Tyga knew what he was doing with that. And so, um, he is very much in his, like, I got to take it to the next level. And he gets Kanye to produce his album. And that was very smart of Tyga. He is a social climber. Which there's nothing wrong with being a social climber. Like all of Hollywood is social climbing. But like, come on. Both of them, Tyga and China, are trying to build a brand. So they're, they're, they start off 2014 expanding their brand. They're in Calabasas. They're hanging out with the Kardashians and Kanye. They're photographed everywhere with them. China ends up on an episode of Keeping Up where they go to like a strip class and it's very uncomfortable to watch because like Chris is there and like yeah a lot of this stuff is like set up that way for a reason it's supposed to be ha ha funny but I don't know I don't think I'd go to a strip class with my mom uh it's just it's just weird and so they go to the uh the strip class and China's acting coy like she wasn't like the top dog at king of diamonds but you know she pulls up on them and she's like yeah i'll show you a thing or two strip class lady um and then they go to kim Ye's wedding uh and things seem to be really happening for them as a couple so i want to pivot for a second and talk about blinds uh and this isn't going to be a blind item podcast there's plenty of those if you want a really good one beyond the blinds with Troy McGeady and his co-host um Kelly but if I do come across a blind 
that is relevant to the story that I'm trying to tell, I'm definitely going to mention it. So this is all allegedly, but I did find one blind from February of 2014 that Taiga was allegedly abusing China. And there's a picture of her eye all busted up that makes its way around the blogs and like gossip and stuff. And it's a pretty gnarly picture. Like there is chunks of flesh missing around her eye. Um, the, the word on the street is that they are on and off for a lot of 2013 and 2014. Um, in June of 2014, Kendall and Kylie Jenner, they were caught hiding in Tyga's car after being denied entrance to a club. In July 2014, China is still in her bag doing appearances at nightclubs, photo shoots, Instagram influencing, and she's still doing stuff to support Tyga's clothing brand. She's at his clothing store posting about it on Instagram. August 3rd, she goes to New York and shoots a spread for a magazine that's featuring Tyga that he wanted her in. Between August 3rd and August 10th, China and Tyga are done. He follows her on IG at some point during this time. And we, we know what that means. It's 10 years later, unfollowing somebody on IG is still very relevant. Uh, which is crazy that Instagram has had that staying power. But a lot of people are calling Instagram the new Facebook in terms of relevancy. We will see. Um, on August 10th, 2014, Tyga threw Kylie a birthday party. Her 17th birthday. Um, and he does the ice bucket challenge with Kylie. Uh, Kylie's like pouring the water on him. Which, remember that? That was everywhere. That was something that was everywhere. Did it really raise money for ALS? I don't know. I need to go Google that. Um, And so he began dating Kylie Jenner. And I say dating. I'm doing the air quotes. Because he's a predator. He's 24. She's 17. Sounds like they started hooking up when she was 16. That is a predator. That is not dating. And if I have any listeners who are younger, this is not it. Do not listen to him. You are not a old soul. You're not like other girls. You're not so mature for your age. That man is a predator and you are his prey. You are a child. Why the hell would a 24-year-old man want to hang with a 16-year-old child? He's a 24-year-old man with a... He has a child of his own, a two-year-old. What do him and Kylie have to talk about? Nothing, because she's a child in high school. China later went on Wendy Williams. I remember that interview. I watched it. Um... China went on Wendy Williams in 2019 and said that they were broken up by the time he got with Kylie. By the time he 
preyed on Kylie. Um, but she didn't know that he had moved on until he threw her out of the house that they shared. I don't know, man. Throwing out the mother of your child, that's cold as hell. So that's where we're going to leave off on China's story for now, the early years. Maybe I'll do a part two and talk about everything post-2014 through her stuff with Rob. I hope that maybe you can see how China came from a family that wasn't great and she used her sexuality like a lot of women do to build something for herself and you know she was very much doing things that a lot of girls do now like a lot of these boss babes are creating these e-commerce businesses and they're using Instagram as a tool for generating money and for promotion. And China was doing this 10 years ago. And I just think that's really innovative. And she like really helped create this market. And I think that too often she's reduced to being a professional baby mama or a stripper that came up. And it's like, yeah, she is somebody who danced, but she was even able to be the best dancer in the game. Like she was the dancer. And yeah, she has children by famous men, but she's also a woman who has pretty successful businesses in terms of that space. And she keeps her name in the public. Like, she was at the Grammys. And I've seen quite a few people interviewing her, like TikTok clips of them featuring China's interview. So this is very much a woman who is more than just a baby mama and a stripper that could. Like, she is, she's definitely a force to be reckoned with. And... I think that it's time as society that we let women be multidimensional because we are. We're not just one thing. We're a multitude of things. Thank you so much for clucking with me today while you did your makeup, drank your coffee, drove to work. I really, really had so much fun. Bye.